friend, you do you do kind of a lot, don't you? Yeah, I'm everywhere. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, you are. You kind of are. Like you were in. When did when did we first start talking? That was like so way. I, Go I want to say you messaged me after I interviewed Waterpark for Ear Candy TV, right. and my last Ear Candy interview was uh, with Waterpark was February 2017. So I'm gonna say around then. So it's been a good two and a half years of friendship, and you've seen me everywhere. <laughs> yeah! Wow, that's wild. Yeah, because I know you, okay, yeah, because you moved to L.A. And then, so, um, yeah, so, I guess just give us a gist if you um, want to dive into that. Sure. So, I um, I had a YouTube channel called Ear Candy TV, and I interviewed musicians um, that, um, it wasn't necessarily mine. I shared it with a girl who is my best friend and big sister, Alicia. And um, when she thought that I was old enough to handle it by myself, she handed it down to me. And I took I took over it. Um, well, she handed it to me in 2015, but I really took over it in 2016. And um, once I started taking over it, um, it introduced me to a lot of different musicians um, who are now some of my best friends. And that made me realize that I wanted to find a niche in the music industry. But unfortunately, sports world uh, seemed to find me before the music industry did. So I graduated college um, in December 2017. And um, I decided to hang up Ear Candy TV and... Uh, moved to Los Angeles to work for the NFL, and I was a producer and editor for the NFL, and then I decided May of this year to just quit on a whim. I literally walked into work, and I was like, I'm putting my notice in, I quit, and um, once I put my notice in and quit, I told everyone I was moving home, but I decided to take a two-week road trip <laughs> across the country to figure out if I there was another city that I really wanted to live in. And I found my heart and found my love in Chicago, and it just happened to be that there was a company hiring, which was a company in the music industry. And everyone said, you know, this was my time to finally find my spot in the music industry that I've been looking for since I started Ear Candy. And um, it was a change of career path, but I took it with the bullet, and um, I applied which is the whole procedure, and right now I am on my way driving to Chicago to my new apartment, and then I start my new job in, like, 10 days. Right. So, yeah. And I remember, and it's cool, too, because I remember you texted me something about moving to Chicago, and you said August, and then, like, you're moving to, to Chicago in August, but I looked at the calendar, and I'm like, holy shit, it's August. You know, like, the this know. time is flying so fast. Um, yeah. It feels like yesterday that I packed up my car and my cat, and we just drove across country. And uh, it was funny, too, because a lot of people ask me, you know, they're like, like, what is your plan? Like, are you going to move, like, in July? Are you moving somewhere immediately? Are you going to move somewhere at the end of the year? Like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just going to 
take life by the horns and just go. And that's just kind of the spirit that I have. It's dangerous. But, well, well, um, sometimes it it's the out. best, though. And, yeah, exactly it is. And, like, it's bittersweet, too, because I felt like I just started to get comfortable being back home again. And so used to, like, my friends and my brother being, like, you know, immediately there for me. Uh, you know, sometimes you're just like, I have to live my own life. They're living their own life, too. Cool. Right, right, right. Um, and I know that you you said you graduated. Um, were you, one of the things, this is just personal for me. So one of the, did you, were you outgoing, like as outgoing as you are now? As like before you did Ear Candy and, and, and your music interviews and everything? <laughs> So I, in high school, I never talked to anybody. I definitely had extreme, extremely bad social anxiety, but I had it to it in an odd extent. Like with strangers, I could talk to anybody. Okay. With people that I knew I had the same um, connection or the same interest. So when I would go to concerts and I met a lot of my friends, I would talk to anybody and I was like, oh my gosh, new friends. And I had a ton of friends on the internet, ironically, whenever I was not allowed to have, you know, we weren't supposed to talk to strangers on the internet at the time. I had a ton of internet friends, but home, I, I didn't have a lot. And the friends that I did have all went to different schools. So oh, um, I definitely not as outgoing. And then I went to college and I was like, this is my time to shine. And um, this is my time to be the person I want to be. And um, I, first, I went to a different school than what I graduated with. And uh, my first two years there, I definitely had so many friends. And I uh, joined a sorority, uh, rest in peace. And uh, that kind of made me more outgoing, too, because um, you're kind of forced to be friends with 96 girls. Right. And um, that pushed my limits there. And then also just being in broadcasting school. I mean, you, you can't be on camera if you don't have a personality. And I kind of found myself then. But it's, it's funny you say that, though, because I've um, become a lot closer with friends that I went to high school with that I wasn't as close with throughout high school and in college, but I, I'm now close with now. And they've all told me, you know, I, I'm definitely a lot different and more outgoing and more personable than I ever was before. That's, Which, um, that's how it is for me, too. I think. That's why I bring it up, because people, like, look at how I how I was, uh, like, in high school, and they, they... It's, like, a very, very, like, stark contrast. Like, I wasn't, like, very much, like, a talkative person at all. And I'm still... I still have, like, social anxiety, but it's not nearly as bad as I think, like, obviously it was. And so I just I just wondering, and um, so cause just because it's changed, you know, so much. Um, what did you? So I know like you've went through so many career changes, and I think for so many people it's hard. I think for them to find like themselves or uh, like what they want to do. Um, is there anything, uh, specific that kind of helped you or was it just trial and error or? Yeah, it was a lot of trial and error. I think, um, well, one thing that was funny is that, uh, if high school me knew I was doing what I'm doing now, like she wouldn't believe it. And, okay. uh, my 
I, I did a lot of trial and error, and I, I specifically would always meet with my guidance counselors and principals in high school, and I would say, this is, like, what I want to do with my life. What classes can I take to guide me in that um, direction? And I was kind of, like, a nerd. I was definitely, like, way more into books. So my freshman year and sophomore year of high school, uh, I wanted to be an accountant because my uncle was an accountant for Bank of New York Mellon in, <laughs> sorry, that's Lilo, my cat. Um, I wanted to be an accountant in, uh, just like my uncle was in Bank of New York Mellon, and I admired him a lot, and mm -hmm. I admired his success. So I took college accounting my sophomore year, which was supposed to be only for seniors, and I barely passed that class. That class did me dirty. And I was like, you know what? This is not meant for me. Okay. Got it. But I was like, you know, I really like science. And then I was really into anatomy and AP biology and all of that. So in, originally I started college as a pre-med major. And um, I actually was accepted into, uh, I was one of like, I think it was seven students at Duquesne University where I was immediately accepted into the doctoral program. So I was going to be a doctor of physical therapy and athletic training. And I had, like, basically my entire future planned out. Like, I had it all planned out. But uh, I just went, I went in there and I was like, this is not what I really like. I remember my senior year of high school really enjoying um, broadcasting. And I and Alicia just, like, was taking over with Ear Candy. She was interviewing all-time low and the color morale and echo smith and these big people on youtube and she was doing so successfully well and enjoying it and i was like i want to be happy like i want to do that i know that there might not be money there there's no real stability but i really just want to do that and my and i also hated chemistry so i was like i don't want to do this forever so i walked into my registrar at duquesne university and i was like i want to change my major and they were like okay like do you want to do physician assistant instead and I was like, no, I want to be in the liberal arts program. I want to be broadcast reporting. And their mouth dropped. They were like, do you, do you realize what you're doing? Because you're leaving, like, the school of health, and you're one of seven kids who got this scholarship and got accepted into the doctoral program. It was like, you know, we, you are, like, one of, like, 500 kids that applied, and you want to give this up. And I was like, I understand that, like, I probably took a spot as somebody who wants it more than I do, but, like, I'm sorry. I just I don't want to do this anymore. And they were like, okay, and they changed, they changed my school. And then I realized that that was exactly what I wanted to do, but I needed to, I wanted like a better um, program. Not that Duquesne's is bad. Actually, Duquesne is getting a lot better for their program, but there's another university in Pittsburgh down the street that is very, very world-renowned for broadcasting. And it's Point Park University, and um, that's where Alicia went. So I was like, I want to go to Point Park, and they gave me an, an incredible scholarship. And um, I was just like, okay, I'm going to transfer there. And uh, as I was in the school, I was like, yeah, like, I want to be on camera, but I don't want to do news reporting. Maybe I want to do, like, entertainment. And that's when Ear Candy was really taking off. And um, I had way more opportunities to go to festivals, for tour, um, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I just was like, I don't really know what I want to do, but it, it's going to be somewhere. And I was working for University of Pittsburgh. Um, slash ESPN and ACC Network in Pittsburgh, and I was a broadcast associate uh, doing live games, and then I found my spot with the NFL, and the entire time, like, I won't lie, I was very miserable with the NFL, and I was like, I don't 
I love sports, like, because I was an athlete, and I love watching sports, but I don't want to work in sports. It's making me hate the game, and football is, like, my favorite sport in the world, and I I can't do this anymore. So, um, and I've always wanted to, um, I always said that I was going to go back to get my master's and go to law school, and um, I want to, if I go to law school, I want to work in entertainment, in music, in sports world, but just, like, represent those people. And uh, so I was like, oh, well, maybe this is, like, me hating the NFL. Like, this is the, I don't know if you want to say, like, fate telling me that this is your time to find something new. You got your two years in of working professionally. Now it's time to do something different. And um, now I'm just like, okay, yeah, like, I want to, like, get my master's in project management. I want to work more in management. I think I'm really good at that kind of stuff. I'm definitely more business um, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but I'm definitely better with business and uh, kind of just don't want to work in the creative side of things anymore. So, um, yeah, it's honestly all just trial and error. And even still to this day, I don't know what I'm doing. And I I think I know what I want to do. But, you know, you don't really know until you try it. And it's just like, it's like the willingness of, okay, are you going to drop everything and sacrifice and make that? sacrifice so that you can trial and error it or are you just gonna like stick it through and just be miserable and right. i'm the type of person like be miserable like i want to do i'm a such a go-getter like just do it and if it fails at least i know i failed doing it and i can say that i did it that's insane i love that i love that and like how was that right i mean it had to have been well i actually i know your opinions but <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just cool because I think a lot of people, like, especially people who aren't your stereotypical, like, go-getters, um, a lot of people look at people who just packed up their shit and went to L.A. And they're like, oh, I wish I could do that, but they don't feel like they could. And I... There's just a lot of people who admire someone that can do that, even though everyone basically can. Um... It's yeah. just a matter of will, you know? Like, I could, theoretically, but I just don't feel that I'm in, like, a place to, like, go ahead and do that. And I also, it's uh, it's kind of a risk, but, um, you know, there's just kind of a lot. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, me moving to L.A. was smart and dumb for me. Um, I kind of just... I definitely didn't think it through. I definitely thought more in the moment, but I am incredibly grateful that I did it because, right. it, like you said, like anyone is willing to do it. And that's what frustrates me is when someone says, well, no, I have this and I have that. And um, I think someone, I think it was my grandmother, um, I could be wrong, but somebody reminded me recently and it was like, we all have a story and we all have excuses. It's what you do with it. Uh, you can either let it weigh you down or you can be something bigger than what you are right now. And, and I think it's a lot of, I think it's a cooler story to say, like, you know what, I had this, I had that, and just go down that list and say, but I still did it. I think that is so much more encouraging and makes you a braver person. It makes you stronger to tackle any obstacle that happens in your life than just sitting there moping. Because I can sit there and tell my soft stories, and just because I make it look more perfect than it is doesn't mean that it was. But 
uh, it's got to be the will. Like, I just graduated college. I had a week uh, to get to Los Angeles. I drove by myself. I had no help. I picked up my friend Kaylin in Detroit, which she couldn't drive. She was just going to sit in the car and make sure I stayed awake or if I was, like, losing my mind, just someone to talk to. Um, she, you know, thankfully kept me sane. And uh, I got to L.A., packed my stuff in a really small room, and made it work. And uh, I think that's what every and one thing that I've learned is that when you talk to anybody from LA, they'll all tell you that. Like they all have a story that like I really shouldn't be here. It's not the smartest idea that I am here, but I'm making it work because it's better for me, and it, in the long run, it's going to make my career better. And um, and also just like in my opinion, it's better. The younger you are, the better it is to live in Los Angeles because then you have no commitment and you can just kind of, like, get up and go. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, like you just got to go. Like, I won't lie. There was times where I had, like, $20 in my bank account, and I was like, well, I have $20 in my bank account. I could put $10 worth of gas in my car. That will get me a week's worth to drive to work until I get paid. But I'm going to make it work because one day this is going to pay it off that on my resume it says I was here in Los Angeles and I did what I did. And that's all you can do. Right. That's insane. That's an inspiring story to tell. You know, I mean, for anyone that does anything mildly, you know, or like, you know, some sort of major event or mild event, whatever it is, you know. I mean, I moved to Cleveland on a whim, but I mean, I it was more because I just yeah, needed something but new. Still, but it's still something. Yeah, it's still something else. It's still like, even though you might not be in Cleveland anymore, you can say you did it, you know what the rights and the wrongs are now so that you are preparing yourself for the better move that you're supposed to do in the long run. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just like a big believer that like, even if you fail, it's a lesson learned. There's a reason why your body and your mind and life is working the way that it's working so that you can do it. It's just up to you on what you do with that. Right. Definitely. 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 Um, do you think that, what are your thoughts behind like getting like a job after or without education like I know one of the big things um, I actually uh, don't mean to bring this up but I went on a date with a girl the other week and so this isn't meant as disrespect towards her but she said something to me that was kind of interesting that made me a little bit agitated I guess um, so, she probably won't hear this, but for what it's worth, she told me, she goes, um, what did she say? She said, so I sent her my resume. You actually saw it, okay? So I sent her my resume, yeah. and she, and on it, under where the, the profession is supposed to be, under your name, it says content creator and designer. I wasn't sure what I should put there. I usually put something along the lines of like creator or uh, like a graphic designer or video editor or some sort of something that I have a knowledgeable skill, you know, in and it depends on like how honestly how I'm feeling because I have a lot just kind of going on that I feel like I could whatever. But regardless, yeah. it's still 
kind of like things that I've been, whether it's just freelance or professional, like I, it's technically my, like a profession to a degree, you know what I mean? Like I don't have like college yeah. education to back that, but it's still like I have the skills required to obtain that. And so no, she was like upset that because I didn't have a degree in that profession that I was still calling myself a designer and it demeaned other people in that like profession. So well, I don't think that's very insulting because so what you're asking is that like is it wrong for you to to call yourself something that you don't have a degree in? Kind of. I'm more I'm more interested what like so as far as like would you be where you are or what what are your like insights for people who don't can't either can't afford college college uh, education isn't a higher education isn't as accessible for them or they just might not want to go to like a traditional school um do you have any like because i know you graduated from a college and i don't know if that helped right. you or was that like how you know cemented you getting this position in chicago but do you have any like insight as far as that goes because i mean she was the the reason i bring up the story with the with the date was that i think that in a way, certain creative positions are more accessible for for people who want to just jump into that. Um, so, basically, I have a glorified acting degree. My diploma says broadcast reporting. Okay. It's not any... I don't have a minor in video editing. I don't have a minor in photography, um, which are things that I do. Um I don't even have, like, a business background. I have nothing. It is straight-up broadcast reporting. And um, I – all I can really offer is my broadcast reporting degree, but I kind of self-taught myself photography and video editing. And I did that just from doing ear candy and then asking the band, hey, can I, like, take photos of you? Can I do this and that? Granted, 80% of the stuff that I used terrible was not good enough to be like used but I taught myself with that content and I just kept pushing myself pushing myself and then when I got my internship through the University of Pittsburgh and ESPN I would ask them hey can I do something that like I don't you know normally do and that was photoshop and editing and um, things that I just because I didn't go to school for I could put on my my resume that I have experience in, and then I, I really did know how to use. So whenever I got my interview with the NFL, uh, they, he didn't even ask me if I had my diploma yet. I had my interview in September of my senior year of college. I wasn't even graduated yet. And he just said, are you graduating in December? And I was like, yep. And he's like, all right, whatever, that's fine. He's like, I know, I'm just looking at your resume. I'm not really in your website. I'm not really looking at your uh your diploma degree and I was like really wow and then working at the NFL I worked with people who were there for 10 years and one of them his degree was philosophy and political science 
Um, the other one was TV media, um, a lot of broadcast reporting, um, but nobody really had like um, a specific degree. And in fact, my manager, he went to college at UCLA for economics and uh, economics and accounting, I think. And he was the manager for our entire media operations department. So I think that it's in, in like, but that's a different time. He's also in his 50s. College was different back then. But I think that's something to remind yourself that it's not what your degree says. It's what you're able to do. And um, I have a friend of mine right now. Um, he's on tour with Wiz Khalifa and um, French Montana and all of this. He's from Pittsburgh. He actually didn't even finish college at Point Park. He was a video editing major or something. And he has a better resume than I will ever have. And he will continue to get better jobs and incredible jobs because of his resume. So I think that there, there comes a, a time and place, and it depends on what you've done. If you show that you're trying really hard and you're working really hard and that you're able to succeed in the skills that's needed for a job, no one really cares. Um, it's just about who you are, what you're doing in the industry, and what you do in your job interview. Um, and now this current job that I have, um, I'm not doing anything creative, TV-wise, nothing of that sort. Um, I'm an account manager. I have, I have the, I have the skills to be an account manager, not limiting myself. But it's definitely a new career that I'm doing, and I'm excited. This is something that I want to do. But I emphasize that in the job interview that I know that I might not have all of the skills, but I want to learn, and this is what I want to do. And plus, I want to get my master's potentially in this degree. So if you could please hire me, please give, take a shot with me. I have the personal skills to make this a professional skill. So let me let me show you that I can do that. And thankfully, they believe me, and they believed in me for that. So. Um, I think that it's what you do in the job interview and it's how you sell yourself in a resume and it's how you sell yourself in your cover letters over what your degree is if you even have one. Right. Uh, and one thing that I've learned is that especially the bigger professional corporations don't really necessarily care. But keep in mind that bigger corporations like the NFL – they have a computer system that eliminates resumes for them. And one of the resume, uh, like, filters is a college degree. Necessarily not what the college degree says, but did they go to college? So, um, again, I think it's what you do and how you do it. Right, uh, right. I wish I had a better answer. I wish that I had, like, the answer to say it all because, um, you know, if someone was listening to this right now, someone who's higher up in a corporation might disagree with what I have to say and be like, no, you need a, a degree in this field. And granted, some jobs you need, like, you can't apply to be a news reporter or a multimedia journalist at a news station unless you have a degree in broadcast reporting. Like, that's just common sense. But... You are obviously not going to apply for a news reporter job if you have a degree in finance. So, or let alone just not a degree at all. Like, just kind of common sense. 
Um, so, yeah, I wish I had, like, more of a set answer that gives you the answer you're looking for or, like, the type of advice uh, that I can give. But I would just say don't get discouraged and don't think that any job is too big for you. Just literally apply and go get it. As long as you sell yourself properly and you have what you have, no one's going to really care. They're going to hire you for who you are over what your degree says or even if you have one. Right, right, right. And I think a lot of it, too, uh, like you mentioned, obviously, those bigger corporations probably have those filters that don't, like, allow them to receive these, like, random, you know, like, you know, I have, like, I have a high school diploma and I've had, like, one job, you know, like, stupid, like, invalid-ish resumes, you know, like, you can't just, because I'm sure they get a ton of them. You know, so yeah, it's it helps to have people that have actually gone to school for that for those you know things. Um, I just think that like if you there, it it might be possible to later work your way into a field like that, but you would have to start somewhere smaller and then network your way up, which might take like a long time. I would imagine, but right. You know, that's... Which is another thing, too. Like, if you want to take, like, that type of route, you can get kind of, like, the shitty end jobs. But they're not necessarily shitty if you go into work with, like, a positive attitude. As long as you show your work ethic, like, your boss will give you a promotion or a raise or um, give you the opportunity. But if you take the shitty end jobs, if you go in um, in a smaller corporation and you ask, so if you can learn and if you can learn to do more if you can be involved with more they see that and they reciprocate that and they'll give you the opportunity to do more right and I know my dad like even like he he told me something like that where he actually got like a job offer from like Roush Racing and I don't know if you like watch NASCAR like or at all but it's they're one of the biggest uh, racing teams in uh, NASCAR and like he was I mean it wasn't it was just a job like sweeping the floor but my dad had like enough knowledge to be able to work himself up but the, his meaning with that story was that I might not have been born if he would have taken that job you know so uh, which was right but yeah so and that's the thing too like I said it's all different timing like you if you talk to like the, the baby boomer generation like a lot of them they have their positions that they like don't really have the education to like give them their position necessarily so it's kind of um hard for people in our generation where we're taught basically you have to have an education like school matters so much but uh so it's hard to go off that but i don't think that uh it's any different nowadays it's just uh i, I don't know it's hard. I think it just depends on what you want to do. If you want to work in business and finance and all that, like, you've got to get a degree in finance. Like, that's just... Right, that's just like, how it is. You want to be a lawyer, get a... Yeah. You want to be a lawyer, like, you're going to have to get a law degree. You like, can't just show up and, like, right? if you want to be a doctor, you can't just show up and be like, where do I start? Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, you know, but if you have the ambition and you're trying... Uh, 
you might find yourself in a really good position at a, at a workplace that will pay for your education. Because you, you might be able to say, like, yeah, I don't have the money to go to school right now, but I want to have this degree so that I can have your position. You might get lucky, and maybe your workplace will find something for you. Uh, I've heard that from a lot of places. So That's really cool. Uh, don't give up. Yeah. We love the optimism. We love the optimism. Always. It's always bright in France. you got to be optimistic when you live in a pessimistic world. So That's true. I'm always just like, well, could be worse. Or, well, at least I was nice to that person. Hopefully they have a better day. <laughs> like, you just got to, you just sometimes got to laugh it off or make fun of yourself. And uh, good things will happen. Good things will come your way. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, I know you do a lot of work with Picturesque. Um, yeah. What, I love Picturesque, by the way. I don't know if I told you, I saw them, God, I saw them, when did I see them? I saw them for the first time, like, a while ago. And then I saw them with Broadside, which was a great time. Silverstein. Yeah, I love yeah. that show. But, because it was my first yeah. Silverstein show, I think. But when I went and saw when I went and saw picturesque, uh, I just remember it was a great time. But uh, where are they from? Where are they from? So they're from um, they're they're from everywhere. Currently, they live in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, but they claim Lexington as their home. But really, they all grew up in Arkansas. Okay, <laughs> so, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, so they're, uh, but right now they're in Louisville, but we, they claim, uh, Lexington is their home. That's cool. Okay, so, um, how did you come into contact with them? So, uh, my best friend, Jeremy Keeney, who is an incredible photographer, uh, he was on tour with Picturesque and was working with them, and it was the Silverstein tour, um, it was, uh, Jeremy was staying the night with me in Anaheim and L.A., and he was like, hey, so I'm actually quitting. I never want to tour again. I never want to do, um, like, touring or anything like that. But the boys are going to need, uh, like, a photographer. And I really want you to get back into the music industry. So I want to introduce you to them. And I was like, Jeremy, I haven't taken photos in months. Um, I just started my job at the NFL, like, I don't know if I really want to get my foot wet. He was like, no, like, don't give up. Like, I really think it'd be good for them, all this stuff. So I took photos in Anaheim. And um, still to this day, it's some of, I mean, it's not the best photos I've ever taken, but one of, like, the top five photos I've ever taken. And I showed um, Kyle, the early singer, and he was like, wait, these are, like, really good. Can you, like, send me these? And I was like, yeah, of course. So I sent them the photos. And he was like, hey, like, uh, here's my number. Let's stay in touch. Uh, so, like, anytime we play in L.A., we'd love for you to take photos. I was like, great, I can do that. Awesome. And then Jeremy was like, also, I'm quitting. You got your higher friend. And um, it was kind of, like, thought of. It was like, all right, like, whatever. And then I texted Kyle, and I was like, hey, like, I know you guys are on Warped Tour. Uh, the L.A. shows like, the first day of Warped Tour. It's going to be. Uh, in, like, the next month or two, can I, like, take photos of you guys? He was like, yeah, if you want to do, like, all of California, that'd be awesome. And I was like, all right, sick. And then I kind of just, like, fell my, found my niche. Um, I only really talked to Kyle out of the band. 
but I befriended the rest of them during court, and it was great. Like, our personalities are just perfect for each other. We have, like, the same humor. And like that, where I was like, okay, I can work with you guys and be, like, incredibly good friends with you guys, and I love that. And Jeremy was right. So um, ever since then, it's been, like, the rest is history. Uh, now I run their socials, um, for the most part, um, like for me, it's been overwhelming as I move, but, um, I run their socials, I do some photos, video content, um, I make some of the promo videos, uh, not all of them, but majority of them, and yeah, it's awesome. Oh, so I know uh, one thing I want to ask first off, because I feel like we, me and, uh, you and I relate in this sort of context and way, and it's just so we both I feel like so you do photo obviously and I and obviously it's not your like main skill right so do you like classify yourself as like a quote-unquote photographer no I say content creator that's okay so I'm the same way I'm the same way I was definitely going somewhere with this and I forget where it was <laughs> which is totally fine. Um, no, like, one of the things, um, like, so, I guess, oh, wait, I, yeah, one of the things I think you and I kind of might relate to this, on is, because I, cause I remember picking up a camera for a few, and, because I never liked photography more so, like, it's more, it was always about the art, you know what I mean? Like, I just kind of liked the idea of, like, I took this, this is mine, you know, like, here, take a look at it, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I was never into, like, okay, I'm going to post photos, like, all the time, right? Like, because I, when I first fell into the music industry, like, I was, I started uh, out in 2014, and I was, like, interviewing, like, you know, some local bands I started out, and then my first, like, big band was, like, Courage My Love, and then I got into, I interviewed As It Is, and then it just, like, fell on from there. But the I didn't actually start doing photos until 2016. And actually, the first band that I ever shot from the photo pit was fucking Simple Plan. There's not many people that say that. You know what I mean? Cause, just because I was already in the industry at that point. So that's why I was able to get cleared for so many shows. Um, but um, I guess my question for you... Well, it's not so much a question, more so a discussion, but I know, like, I guess how does that, like, feel? Um, I don't know where this is going, I'm gonna be honest, but, so, um, because, like, okay, so for me, for when I picked up a camera, my friends thought that I had, like, a natural knack for, like, taking photos, and I was like, I don't really think that I'm doing anything different. Did you feel the same way? Did you, like, because I, I, I don't yeah. know if, like, you have a photography background. Yeah, no, I really don't have a photography background. I mean, the first, um, I was very lucky. So the first interviewing that I ever did in my entire life was 2015 for Tour. And then um, I decided to teach myself photography in the pit at 2015 Warp Tour. Okay. thing I've ever fucking done. And um, the first bands I ever shot were 
We came as Romans, um, which I didn't know it was We Came as Romans. Like, I literally took the photos, and Alicia was like, that's my favorite band, We Came as Romans. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I just wasn't taking photos. Like, <laughs> I was like, a moral. Oh, my God. I, I took photos of the Wonder Years, and there's actually pictures of me taking photos of the Wonder Years. And um, I remember being like, this is incredible. This is my favorite band in the entire world. And I'm taking photos, and Dan Campbell is right next to me. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. This is fantastic. Amazing. And um, that was, like, the first time I ever taught myself photography, and uh, which was not teaching myself naturally. And then I just started taking photos of friends. And um, when I, after I would do these interviews, I would take photos. And um, I, the first real photos that, like, I took were August Burns Red, and they played a farewell show to, for the, of the altar bar in Pittsburgh, and my photos looked crazy. Like, they were phenomenal. And August Burns Red photographer actually commented on my photos on Instagram and was like, oh, my gosh, these are incredible. And he messaged me, and he was like, are you, like, a photographer? And I was like, no, I really just taught myself, and, like, I'm teaching myself Lightroom right now. Like, these are not even edited. And he was like, you, like, you have an eye. This is crazy. And then I've been told that uh, a few other times. I think it's just because I think of it as if I was in their shoes, what type of photos would I want someone to take with me? Right, right. And uh, I was just like, I see more of aesthetic types of photos than I do, like, the but I, I do catch myself sometimes just, like, there's a simple, like, on-stage photos, but I try to catch the ones where, um, and, I, and not unfortunately, but I'm very good at, uh, if I'm friends with the band, then I'm way more better at finding those types of photos, and I think it's because I know who they are and their aesthetic. Um, like, Kelsey from Jetty Bones, I'm able to find, like, very emotional type of photos and, and get those moments, and, um, like, I did a photo shoot with her in, like, a bathtub and everything, and she told me, she was like, you just, for some reason, are able to, like, understand who I am as a person just by taking the photo, and I think that's just, um, I think that's kind of important, and one thing that I've learned, and a lot of photographers are going to disagree with me because I'm not a true photographer, so you should be able to just shoot anybody and be like, you can find that emotion, and Maybe it's because I just have, that's like the social anxiety that comes out of me where like, if it's a stranger, I like kind of freeze. I'm not really good at it. But, uh, but I also have never really taken photos of strangers. I always befriend them first. Uh, but I try to just find that emotion and find like who they are as a person. Like Kelsey is a very, um, energetic person on the outside and very colorful, but on the inside, you know, she, um, she's a lot more quiet and humble than you would think she is. So I try to um, show that in the photos. But and picturesque is very wild. But Kyle is very like comes off as a diva and very like all about him on stage. But truthfully, he's really not. And I and I kind of show that in the photos. It's a little bit darker. Um, yeah. So I guess like it just it just depends. I don't know if that's, like, the answer to your question. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely, no. Because, like, I, I mean, I wasn't, yeah, I don't really know what I was going for there. All I know is that I have, I mean, I don't have a similar situation, but that's actually a really incredible story, too, because, well, because I don't consider myself, like, a great photographer, too. I think a lot of people get into photography, 
And I'm not I'm not trying to diss any photographers. I think there's a lot of uh, obviously talent out there, but I also think that there's a lot of like photographers that need like work done on their photos. And like I'm someone personally yeah. as an artist, I am someone who I don't I don't like the feeling of putting work out there where at the time that I put the work out, I don't like feeling like it's not enough. You know, and I've struggled with that, yeah. I think, lately, as of late, but I try to feel the best about my photos as I can without sacrificing, like, quantity over quality. You know, and... Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Really, there's, there are so many photos that I've, I've taken of bands, and I've just been like, I, I don't like any of these, and then I'm like, shit, well, I gotta send it to them because they know I took these photos, and they're Expecting them, and I'm like, uh, I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> like, right. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. Like, I maybe I was out of it, or maybe I just like didn't have like the right settings, or it was just, like the venue too. That like that can like be a lot of levels. Um, the venue and the lighting. Well, I know um, with me, with like I actually broke my lens on my camera, so like yeah. my shutter speed. I, is actually has a delay on it because of the broken lens. Like, it doesn't focus all the way sometimes. And so I have it set yeah. to... I have it set to auto because I'm, like, basic, you know, whatever. But I think a lot of That's people fine. actually I, do I that. Do auto what? I do auto. Yeah, and... and but I mean, but, I will... Like, situations, but I do auto for a lot. Well, and the thing is, with my camera, is because the lens is broken, it takes a second to adjust, right? So, like, it, because it takes a second to zoom, like, it's, uh, like, normal cameras will go, like, zing, zing, and then, like, boom, it's, like, a quick second, you know, it's, it's like, snipshot, right? Whereas, like, with me, it's, like, it's, right. like, it takes a second because there's so much moving parts in, in a, in a concert, you know, you have, like, so much m movement around that you need a camera that can just take a shot a shot in a couple seconds um and since i broke my lens i haven't gotten that same effect and so like i went to a swimmer show once and like i took photos of them but there was one photo that i got and that even like i had to like crop it because the composition on it wasn't even that good so it just sucks having having that disability so that's kind of where i was at um at that time but again like if i if i take something or or create some sort of content and the content isn't to what my standards are then i'm like why did i even like do that you know what i mean like i feel like it's wasted time yeah i mean don't get me wrong i had a night before i bought my sony i actually it was the escape the space where the picture was on and right before the first day of the tour my camera fell off a high table at Starbucks and fell lens first. Oh my god! Shattered. And I, and I was like, oh my gosh, the band goes on in an hour, and I just.
What's up? Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, the best photo I've ever taken was with my lens shattered, and it was in Pomona Glass House, and it's the photo of Kyle uh, bent on his knee with the yellow light in the background, and everybody loves that photo. Um, it still to this day is, like, the best photo I've ever taken, and uh, it was on a broken lens. I just got very lucky with the manual and adjusting my broken lens, and um, that photo looks sick. But it broke my heart because that lens was my favorite lens in the world. And um, I actually got it off of uh, Ryan Watanabe, who is a incredible photographer and videographer. And um, he gave me that lens, and that lens was like his baby, and that lens was my baby. And I loved my Canon. And um, it was going to cost me $1,000 to fix it. And the lens is two grand itself. So oh it was God. either I, yeah, so I was like, I can save up money to get this lens fixed and not have a camera for months. But I also live in Los Angeles, so that's not even doable to save money. Or I can just put myself in more debt and buy a camera, buy a new camera, and buy a lens. And I was like, well, guess that's what I'm going to do. And I did. And it was uh, a mess. Like... I just, like, I have this new camera, I have this new Sony, but I, it still breaks my heart. Like, my Canon lens, the new Canon camera, is still at the Canon shop in California because I don't have the money to uh, get it fixed. It's just sitting there. So um, I know what that's like to shoot with a broken camera. It is so hard, so hard. Right, and there's, and I think, well, for me, like, there was so much, like, anxiety with it, you know, like, you're, like, trying to take yeah. good photos, but it's hard to focus on that when you're, like, struggling with the one thing. Yeah, whatever. And, uh-huh. Yeah, so that's cool that you got that shot, though, like, one of your favorites. Um, yeah, I'm to get that again, but, you know, what is So. That's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Um, yeah, so do you have any, just I'm kind of, like, wrapping this up, what, uh, what other, like, music are you listening to right now? What do you want to, like, say? Um, so, I'm on, like, a super pop kick right now, and I used to hate pop music, but all of a sudden I found a love with, like, Demi Lovato. Okay. Like, I'm, okay, but, like, I'm in love with Okay, but, like, who doesn't love Demi Lovato, anyway? You know what? I mean, I, mean, I always liked a couple of her songs, but recently, with me traveling a lot and just, like, wanting something new, I really dug into her discography, and I was like, damn, I love her. Um, so, I love Demi Lovato right now, and I love a lot of, like, pop music. Um, I've been, like, just going through the pop playlist on Spotify, catching up on, like, the last 10 years of pop music that I didn't know existed, because I'm so deep into, like, the same theme, which is aesthetic of me. But, um, a lot of that, but I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Big Sean. I've been the biggest Big Sean fan ever. I have that in my Twitter bio. I'm like, Big Sean, if for every reason you listen to this, please hit me up. I know you're single again. Like, let me know what's good. Like, oh, my God. I love Big so much. I can, I know all of his rap songs, like, huge, like, I can't explain how much I love Big Sean, but, um. So I've been really into that, and then um, 
my roommate and best friend, Zach, um, he's actually uh, filling in for Sleep On It right now. So I've been listening to a lot of Sleep On It new songs, which, just saying, the new album sounds incredible. Uh, I'm so happy for those guys. Uh, it's going to do big things. But also, Zach is doing his own project called Click, and um, I'm excited to see how that goes about it. He's doing something new and crazy with, like, pop and rock music. And um, so I've been listening to some of, like, his demo singles and uh, a lot of Jetty Bones. Obviously, new picturesque song, just saying it's called Swipe. Uh, you should check it out, listen to it. It's on Spotify's new playlist. Um, the music video was shot, into, was shot in a real strip club. So uh, go. <laughs> and it was real strippers. So, uh go listen to picture song and uh yeah i'm very everywhere and a lot of we came as romans i love we we came as romans uh cold like war album that album is phenomenal love it great stuff i'm everywhere <laughs> that's awesome how about that's... you what are you listening to? i don't know um, like god i got into well so i've been kind of everywhere um yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I listen to, like, my favorite bands are Swimmers, Pale Waves. Um, I've been getting into Pale Waves, and I love it. Cause I, so I listen, so I have um, Bipolar, and so it's, like, huge yeah. for me, right? And so, like, one of the biggest things with that is um, a lot of, like, a big mood disorder. And one of my favorite songs to, like, help myself cope with that is uh, Noises by Pale Waves. And it's, like, got this, like, really big, like, booming chorus. And it's huge. Like, it's such... And what's cool, what's cool too, is that... So, I have the biggest celebrity crush on Heather uh, from Pale Waves. She is so good. Like, I... I mean, I just love her. I'm... Whatever. But the main thing, though... I never though, got into... <laughs> what? I never got into Pell so I didn't even know there was a female in that. That's awesome. So, yeah, so, like, she, so, it's cool, because she's, they're, like, emo pop, you know, and she <laughs> plays guitar and everything, and, like, okay. the coolest thing about, I think, them is, like, the guitar sounds that they make, because they have, like, really weird comparisons to the 1975, even though they do kind of sound like the 1975. And they kind of more have, like, an 80s pop-esque, which the 1975 also has, so they're kind of grouped. Um, I just wanted to say one last thing. Um, so my favorite thing, um, I, I did before, I decided before, um, I drove across country that I was going to have one summer song that just like defines who I am, defines my summer goals, defines like everything. Wait, let me guess. And let me guess. Let me guess. Me, let me guess. Let me guess. It was All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Okay, um, damn. It's dreaming by Soulful, and okay. I recommend everybody. Like, I have made every single one of my best friends listen to to this song. Like, when I was home the last month, anytime someone was in the car with me, I was like, listen to this damn song. And it was dreaming by Soulful, and it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having, you put that song on and all of a sudden you're screaming at the top of your lungs these song lyrics and you're dancing, you're having a good old time and it could be pouring down rain but it feels like you're on the beach in the 80 degree weather and it's just like, there's nothing 
that about that song and the lyrics just like really defined like my I feel like ambition in a sense of um and goals and things that I want to do so um if there's anything I can recommend for anyone if you're having a bad day go check out dreaming by small fold and just like live your best life live your best life and just anytime somebody tells you something my new favorite motto is to tell someone I love that for you not for anyone else and it's just such an encouraging um statement that now all my friends and I we do that to like each other and to everyone else so I just want the entire world to say that now if someone says yeah like I just quit my job be like I love that for you like I love that like that is so good for you I'm proud of you I love that for you and you'll see a change of mind within yourself and a change in mind for your friends so that's what I have to say for that and also everyone needs to adopt the cat because Lilo is my best friend and <laughs> and uh Lilo's gonna get an Instagram because her birthday's next week so everyone tell her happy birthday <laughs> that's it that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh, thank you yeah. um, so much You're for welcome. being on this uh, podcast and actually talking to me. You know, um, it's hard to find friends yeah. nowadays. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh my gosh. One of my uh, jokes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I will see y'all again next week.